uh, Lily will start uh, school here in August this year. So we found out that this is our opportunity to do something. So we could just hop in a van and this was a great opportunity to actually show people that it's possible to do something totally different with your life. And we feel like we can come home and nothing will have changed when we come home. Everyone will just keep on with their lives. And when we come home, we have changed like in our soul, but nothing at home have changed. All right, everyone, this is our fourth episode of Families on the Road. This week we have a dream worth chasing. Emma and Richard started their one-year hiatus in Sweden last year, and they traveled through most of the country, uh, mostly starting in the winter, which is when I first saw them and was really interested in how they were managing it, seeing drone photography of their RV in just some of the snowiest conditions you could imagine. So I called them up, and, and here's the interview. We really had a good time talking about you know some of the reasons why they they chose to do this how they made it happen and why they're just doing it for a year and you know i think for maybe a lot of you out there trying to do this full-time full-time might be a little bit of a stretch but a year is something that might be more in reach and it's a perfect way for you know to really step back take a break rent the house if you can and connect as a family before life starts changing whether you know that's just the kids getting older or something like the coronavirus steps in and everything is out of our control so you know i think emma and richard show us how to really make the most of it and grab life and, and really do what you want so i hope you all enjoy the show this week hello emma hi this is colin Can you hear us sir? How are you guys? And we are fine. We are uh, actually in a like a skiing place in Sweden. So we are quite tired from skiing all day, but uh, otherwise we're fine. How are you? I'm jealous. I wish <laughs> I was skiing all day. <laughs> well, it's your turn soon, maybe. Yeah, we escaped the cold. It's hot and and muggy here, but it's it is very nice to not be in the cold. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm sorry, Emma. Uh, is your partner there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. here with you as well. We're happy that you contacted us. Great. Um, where are we? Sorry, where are you now? Uh, we're now down in Florida. All right. Um, so we we left Maine, which similar conditions to probably what you're in now, uh, <laughs> about three weeks ago, and. Oh yeah, it's just our uh, baby boy. We know we know how that goes. How old is your youngest? So in two weeks is one. <laughs> oh wow! All right. And how are you finding the the van life with kids? Uh, yeah, we've talked about it a lot, and our our friends have have been like, I don't I don't know how you can cope with it. Like our kids are horrible at home. How can you be in a van with them? Uh, and we feel like we better be in a van uh, with a beautiful setting than at home just bored. So uh, we find it very good actually. <laughs> That's great. We will have the fight with the kids uh, either if we're home or here, so better be here than home. <laughs> it's so true. My my wife was saying that the other day, and, and it was a, just a good reminder. Yeah, it is. Um, so what what uh, what inspired you guys to, to do this? It, it seems like, uh, you know, a bit of a life change. Is it permanent? Is it short term? Is it what do what you why would you hop in a van? Well, it's, it's quite, uh, not short term, but not a uh, lifetime term either. We have, a, since in Sweden, it's um, 
oh, what's the word? When you go to school, you have to go to school when you're six years old. Um, right. And we, you don't have a choice of like homeschooling or anything. So uh, Lily will start uh, school here in August this year. Mm-hmm. So we found it like that this is our opportunity to do something. We felt like, I don't know how you guys feel, but uh, when you, especially in school, Sweden, uh, having two kids, you are like expected to have a, uh, like everyone should have uh, this uh, big house and everyone should have this uh, cool job and you should go like to dance classes every Tuesday and uh, you should do this typical kind of stuff that a family does. And we just felt like, well, no, we don't want to do that. <laughs> so just hop in a van and, and do it from here. And we felt like this was a great opportunity to actually show people that it's possible to do something totally different with your life than just stay home. Like, people don't think that this is a, you know, they feel like, okay, yeah, they have a a midlife 30-year crisis. Okay, they will get home, and then everything will be back to normal. Um, When we feel like we can't come home, nothing will have changed when we come home. Everyone will just keep on with their lives, and when we come home, we have changed, like, in our soul, but nothing at home have changed, so I, I'm actually quite scared of what will happen when we come home and try, like, living the life that we've learned here, like, minimalistic and living on, like, 10 square meters isn't, it's quite different from living in a house of 200 square meters, so I'm, yeah, I'm scared of how, how we'll cope with getting home here in eight months. <laughs> yeah, that's, I I didn't quite think about it like that. Just yeah, yeah. What happens when you do go home and after you've had these experiences? How how is life different? And how can you either uh, bring these new learnings and um, ways of life into your life as it is, or do, you know, do you have to actually change because you've changed? Yeah, exactly. I I'm I'm not sure if we rented out our house now, and I'm not sure. None of us is sure if. We're actually going to move back there because that will be like even more like we yeah now we are home uh, back where we like started on square one so maybe like buying a new house moving to a new city maybe something like that just to like break the pattern of where we came from because we weren't actually we yeah we were happy with our lives but something made us go here so something needs to change uh, in order to like keep the the spirit from the van life thing. Right. And how would you describe the spirit for somebody that may not, has never lived this lifestyle? What is the spirit of, of the van life for you? I think, like, just the... the uh, I'm a, a road trip girl. I love to just <laughs> go in the car and just drive. Um, and I like the van life. Life is much like that. You are so free to do whatever you want. And... You don't have to, like, so for now, like, we are here in a very popular skiing place in Sweden, and we're here maybe almost all alone because everyone is at work, and I feel so free uh, to do whatever I want. And that's, uh, yeah, that's a mind op- a mind opener and a, a game changer to have, like, you have all the possibilities in the world to do whatever you want because you are outside of the... Of the working in the regular life uh, thing. Sure. And I could imagine, I mean, very few people could imagine what it's like to do this themselves, let alone doing it with children. But on top of that, you guys are doing this in the winter with children. (laughs) 
I mean, congratulations. We just left the winter because I, you know, I, and I'm a former professional snowboarder. I chased snow to snow to snow year round. And I said, I am not doing this in the snow. This is too hard. Like, get me to Florida and we'll, you know, take a break and reassess, you know, what we're going to do. We do have ski gear, but tell me about that. I mean, your photos are beautiful and... I see your daughter is out. It seems like she's outside every day. How do you keep her engaged? Does she ever just not want to go out? Or are you you guys pretty motivated to just get after it every day? Yeah, we try to, to like, motivate her to think that, like, where we live in, in Sweden, um, normally we don't have this kind of weather during the winter. We maybe have, like, two weeks of snow, and then it's, like, uh, all the muddy and... Uh, ugh. <laughs> Um, so she's actually quite stoked, but I think both me and Richard is, um, we are very positive people. So we try to keep her mind open to that. Everything that waits outside the van is fun and that, um, life is awaiting her. (laughs) But of course she has days when she just wants to lay inside and do like painting or, or stuff like that. But we try to engage the whole family. So we, everyone get, gets out uh, skiing and, um tries to be there with her and everyone else yeah that's that's awesome and were you guys big skiers before you left or is that something i I guess it's kind of swedish society you you grew up skiing uh, with skis on your feet i imagine (laughs) yeah uh, yeah we actually i've been almost every year we went away on like a skiing week with my family um and um richard has also been skiing a lot before but we're not we're not pros or anything we just like the the spirit and the yeah the environments up here we actually talked about that a lot while driving through all this winter wonderland that we actually do miss snow um very much where we live now and maybe it would be possible to move uh, up north to get the the snowy climates and not have to like travel for especially for like the climate and stuff that uh, you need to find your place and the things you love and um, keep them close to home so that you you don't have to travel to get like snow and or sun if you like sun we don't (laughs) um so get your stuff closer to you so you don't have to travel as much in the future right and was that part of why you left did you have long commutes to work was it what was the or you just couldn't it was was it hard to get out on the weekend to and do the things you wanted to do that you loved doing yeah it is, as, like sweden is um, a very strange country in that way because we do have like these uh, very snowy um, cities uh, up north and then we have like where we live it's like well it's <laughs> like autumn uh, from august until like um may and it's not the nice kind of autumn it's the dirty muddy autumn stuff so we are like or richard at least is a very he loves nature and loves to be out and i'm a i love photography so to be in a very uninspiring climate is it's not something fun to be just up here and the sun is shining and my photography like i are going crazy <laughs> so we want we wanted to go to places where we felt inspired to work to pretty places <laughs> right and so you're a photographer and um what what's richard's background again uh he's actually a photographer as well um in the 
in the beginning and then he up until recently he's been an airline pilot and now he works as a teacher at a university here in Sweden with a drone um, with drones like professionally flown um, uh, drones they have a school here that teaches how how to do that professionally so he's a professor there wow interesting yeah so he has he runs a uh, a drone photography firm as well with a, a guy from Stockholm so um, we are two crazy photographers could be quite hard for the kids sometimes when we just like oh my god you have to stop the car <laughs> and then we just run out and take photos and uh, yeah <laughs> poor kids yeah we can empathize with that our kids aren't really old enough to um yeah really wonder why we're stopping the car it just happens but <laughs> Um, yeah, because you two, you guys are photographers as well, right? Yeah, my wife, she's she's the main photographer. I, I've, you know, I've shot my whole life, but I've never held myself out there as a photographer. But I'm always around it and working with photographers. And um, I do, I can shoot a photograph every now and again. Yeah. <laughs> but she, I don't, I don't do the post production. I just leave that to her. <laughs> yeah, that's usually how it works here too. So. Yeah. Uh, but I love the drone aspect that you're bringing to where you're traveling i mean i think it makes it feel a lot more compelling to see where you are and you know your space in the universe is like there here's our home now here's our home today exactly yeah we try to to mix it up a bit like trying to have some inspirational posts about why we left and how people can chase their dreams but the drone we feel we see that we get a lot of engagement from the drone pictures and the videos so we try to do that too right so now Richard is, Richard is here with us and uh, Luba as well so you you can talk to Richard now if you want to as well <laughs> Richard Luba <laughs> hello there hello sorry about that oh no problem Louis seems a bit confused with the situation. <laughs> yeah. Why are you talking so strange? <laughs> Who's this strange man? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he, he can only hear us talk out loud in the room, so I'm sure he, he seems very confused. But I'm here now. <laughs> Great. We were just talking about your drone photography and cinematography, and Emma was telling that me that you're actually a professor in this, and you've, you've uh, been a pilot before, so you have quite a bit of experience in that. I'd take it. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, I'm a bit schizophrenic. I, li- I like new stuff and uh, always dreamt about flying in all kinds of ways. But uh, my life started out with uh, with photography and uh, cinema. And I did that until I was 25 when I started at the university myself, taking uh, flying lessons. And, and I've been working with it for, for 10 years now around the world and well, mostly in Europe and um this part of the world but uh it's almost but it's six thousand hours in the air now so i know a lot of it uh i would like to do it for the rest of my life but i i'm also curious to see what what more is out there so uh, at the moment uh, there's a lot of uh, focus on uh, education and, and sort of giving back what i got when i uh, studied at the university and, and try to uh, get in a lot of entrepreneurial thoughts into it as well it's 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 a strange life living as an airline pilot you got a lot of time to think <laughs> which is not always good sure so how how are you finding life in the van so far you guys have been on the road how long about a month now two months yeah more, almost two months we, we left uh, sort of home before we actually left home uh, just to get everything sorted out with with the car it, it takes a lot of time just to uh, get the right stuff in throw some stuff out 
we actually got somebody interested and uh, we wasn't really found about uh, renting it out to, to some some people we didn't trust but luckily uh, it did turn out well but by then we were already living in the van but we were living in our own city which was kind of cool as well to see to see the city uh, from another perspective what was that like we sort of had a similar experience but once you've checked out of your house and into this new reality just walk me through what that feels like it is um i mean the city itself is new we moved there four three four years ago so we've been um, sort of exploring it we know more about the city than the people living in it but at the same time uh, we ended up in a house it turned out to be perfect for us sort of close by schools nature but uh, it's a big city and uh, i mean you could live down by the beach you can live in the city center and, and now the first weeks in the van we actually tried that as well and got to learn the city from a different perspective and, and I really enjoyed it and uh, we're hopefully we'll uh, maybe come back for uh, for a few weeks before we continue down to, to, to Europe and southern parts of Europe and uh, try different places. Yeah, but I also felt like when we actually moved out in the van from the house that it's quite strange trying to live like the normal life with the kids in preschool and, and just trying to do things you normally do, but being a van, I just, I felt that I just wanted to get going and get started with, with the adventure because it felt like we were stuck in, in our own city, just waiting for the right date because we were going on a, a ferry to a <laughs> island called Gotland here in Sweden, so we had a, a date where we had to leave. And it felt quite strange to be in the city, trying to not to live the life you have lived before, but not at all like you've been living it before. Sure. I, I can totally see both sides of that. We, we kind of had similar experiences, but you see people, like your friends, and you, you say goodbye, and then you see them the next week, and they're like, <laughs> you guys haven't left yet. What Somebody you... stole all your things during that <laughs> <Yeah>. weekend. <laughs> You're just looking a bit rougher around the edges now. Just get out of here already. <laughs> yeah. no, I, I find it sort of when you're on your way somewhere, I really need something to long for. Like just being on the road driving in the middle of the night, I don't find uh, find it very amusing. Maybe listen to a, to a pod or, uh, yeah, in the best of cases, talk to Emma. <laughs> Uh, but it's uh, I need something to look forward to, driving for hours. Sort of, and, and uh, luckily uh, we've been good finding places. Uh, I don't know what you say in English for a smooth tonstella, but golden spots maybe. It's hard in Sweden here during winter, especially since it's been that cold. We have I don't know how in Fahrenheit, but it's uh, like. The worst we had was uh, minus 30 degrees. Ooh. And it's very cold. Uh, so we've been trying to like crisscross between like campsites that had um, 16 amperes of uh, electricity for us. So we can actually heat the car so we won't freeze during nights. But it's been tough to, to find places to stay and to have like a, a regular life. Not freezing. <laughs> uh, sleeping in our comfy clothes. <laughs> We can also heat with the, what do you, you said, gas, no? Yeah, propane. Propane, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And yes, but it's um, especially in the northern parts where you find minus thirty degrees Celsius, you don't find the propane. <laughs> so it's it's been really like yeah, like you're, you're you're on an island sort of uh, with your resources slowly drifting away on on the big ocean. So it's it's been um, with the winter and with the cold, it's been harder. I, so that's one of the things we look forward to for the summer to sort of uh, stay for, for longer uh, out in the wild. In the wild of Europe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, I was telling Emma before, I think you both are very brave to be doing this in the winter. It's uh, the life that we're sharing right now. But doing it with kids, that's very brave. But to do it in the depth of winter in Sweden in up to negative 30, very brave. So well done. Yeah, it's a thin line between brave and, you know, crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, it's, uh, I mean, I wouldn't. Uh, I mean, looking back, it, it's a lot of uh, things. This uh, during this trip or during this month <laughs> has been like uh, coming back to uh, sort of places we've been to before. Uh, I went up to one place in the northern part where I did my military service, and I suddenly realized a lot of the things I do on a normal basis is b- sort of thanks to that. How to keep things sort of where they're supposed to be, taking care of things, always have like a few backup plans if something happens. I mean, it had, this car is, is new, but we've been so many strange things going on. Explosions and gas leaks and things. I mean, it, that's not what you read about or see on pictures, it's, but it, it's always like we mentioned in a, in a post, like, you're all the way down on the Maslow's. Yeah, yeah. And you're, you're like struggling to get up a few steps and then you bam, you're down. And you're <laughs> looking under some stone for food and water <laughs> in the middle of the night. Yeah, but we had fun too. Yeah, but I, I mean, you're not going to remember those things. You're going to remember all the happy moments and like being with the kids and funny things you experience. But life on the road is like that. I mean, you probably experienced a lot of strange things as well you didn't expect. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It never ends. <laughs> no, it never ends. Never ends. But I, I guess, Richard, I'm curious, you know, I, um, I don't know what life was like beforehand. The small things you do sort of extra to cover your ass all the time. And it's also with the plans, like you don't want to run on the... Yeah, we had a situation where you're, you're going somewhere and... You don't see anybody for an hour or two, and uh, you're like running low on, on fuel, and you you arrive to the fuel station, and the fuel station is closed. But then you, you sort of make quick calculations. You sort of have had a had a backup plan for that. You start to talk to a some strange truck driver in the, in the middle of nowhere. And I think with the military service, it was sort of like that. I was uh, responsible for a group of people in a, in a tank. And I mean, you were part of something big, but it was always down to you to sort of don't mess things up or always have some margins and sort of stay strong, even if things is just way out of hand. Mm-hmm. And, and this is this is sort of similar. And of course, with the, with kids, you, you, you want the best and you want things to run smooth, but you sort out the small things and that makes you strong for the big challenges. And we actually had a, a very shitty day here a couple of weeks ago <laughs> where it just like, we ended up just like laughing at it because it was so bizarre with the, yeah, we couldn't get up a stove, the tractor came and the, the uh, gas was out and we had an explosion and it was just like, like this is too much. It, it has to be better from here. And I think 
our strongest part in this is that, as Richard said, that, that we have, me and him have to stay as a team. We have to work like together. And then we have Lily, who is very, she's very anxious. And uh, every time something happens, she gets very like nervous. And, like, oh, come on, Lily, it was just an explosion. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> And she's like always believes the worst and stuff. <laughs> yeah, living like this makes us. But also, I mean, like, and Lily, she, she could be like the best problem solver in this van. <laughs> she can really like surprise you with the most clever solutions to things. So you uh, first of all, you need to breed, and then so don't give her give her too much information. Yeah, but she could be, she could be helpful definitely, and she is helpful, especially with our youngest. But I think we have to be a strong husband and wife team here, and the trip will like will help us very much to be continue to be that. And how do you do that? I, th- I would, I guess, when you have kids, your your time together and your your relationship evolves. I mean, we felt that, but I think a lot of people would wonder, like, do you get sick of each other? Do you, you know, how do you get time to yourselves when you all sleep either in the same bed or in the same ten square meters? Like, how you know, how do you find time to for yourselves? Before I joined, I, I think you and Emma talked about the, I mean, being home with the kids, um, it was tough. And it, I wouldn't say it's any different here. It's just, it's tough, but you, but you get everything, every, all the things around it, all the positive things that makes you stronger. Back home, it was just like, this has to end. It's going back and forth with uh, with Lily for, for dance and uh, all kind of things. And just getting around like, the day only has 24 hours and um, this sort of calms things down a bit but we try to to find some sort of structure on the on the day where uh, yeah all of us are i don't know what you call it but get really grumpy if we don't get any food <laughs> we'll get hangry so we need the structure like this is the time we start to make uh, preparing the food this is when we eat and we can sort of okay we missed it by 30 minutes that's why we we are uh, like really pissed at the moment. <laughs> uh, but but that also, I mean, understanding how everybody works and uh, what we need to do to sort of cope with that before it happens, and also what makes us happy, like spare time for ourselves, or just uh, Emma and me could just like sit for half an hour after lunch when Lily gets out Luve is just like sleeping you get 30 minutes in the middle of the day just talking about all kinds of stuff that's golden moments instead of sort of meet during the uh, evening after a long day with uh, you're struggling with everything with the kids so uh, I'm uh, it's, it's all about sort of finding the moments during the day and uh, accept what's going on now and try to leave everything uh, else out one thing that is uh, sort of taking a bit too much time maybe is just communication with uh, with relatives home of course it, it brings sort of yeah comfort but but uh, of course it's nice to know that somebody is following us uh, during this journey but but uh, during the day I mean we, we some days we could talk to four or five through FaceTime and then all of a sudden three hours is gone <laughs> right. you need them of course but uh, it feels like they need us more than we yeah. need them yeah and I think the hard <laughs> part here with them is like actually zooming out from I, I guess that will happen when we have been away for a couple of months more than now but actually like letting go of your old life and actually just 
be here right, present in this moment and like okay we we actually yeah we do have to talk to our friends and our relatives but maybe we don't have to do it like every day maybe we can have like Sundays as our our day to talk to everyone or trying to find and live a new life here and not like trying to to live our old life in a van <laughs> that's a struggle and but I, I hope and uh, I think that that uh, part will be easier when we've been away for a while. That's a great way to put that, Emma. I love that. A good thing here, uh, it's very uh, sort of short from uh, discussion to decision. It's uh-huh. like, yeah, we uh, maybe we should try this. Yeah, we, we try this. Yeah, we tried it now. Yeah, okay, from now on. It's not a, I mean, you don't have, you can't buy things here. You need to solve things with, with the things you have. And when it comes to food, we can talk about what we eat. We can sort of do better research if things we eat are healthy or if it's just garbage. And, and we can sort of try things out. And we have time to experiment with the food. And of course, it doesn't really matter because everything you eat, when you're really, really hungry, it's, it tastes marvelous. Absolutely. Um... So what's the what's food like for you guys? Are you I I imagine you know depth of winter up there finding fresh fruits and vegetables is not like a, something that you come across on a daily basis. Yeah, sadly you actually are, and that's a that's a huge part of what we're trying to to live. Um, the Swedes, I don't know how it's with you guys over there, but the Swedes have some major environmental crisis right now. So everyone is talking about uh, like going vegan and uh, and saving the planet and uh, no flying and uh, and stuff like that. So uh, especially since we have a very small fridge, uh, we try to eat as much uh, vegan and vegetarian as we can and try to eat in in season because you you can find uh, fresh fruits, but we try to eat. As seasonal as we can, just to to be more aware, uh, because I I feel like if you just go to a grocery store and you buy a mango in December, it's it's quite strange. Right. We we had a I mean one of my uh, I had thoughts from the beginning to like have carrots on the top of the roof and try to uh, to sort of bring as much or think about. We have my brother is he's a farmer. Right. Yeah, uh, on a on a nine iron gopher and try to sort of have a have knowledge. a root cellar in your on in a tule box. <laughs> yeah, but but they started out with nothing and uh, they had to learn how to sort of survive and they started out with their own potato and uh, all kinds of stuff. But it was so much work and they could buy it for like a, a dollar for a kilo potato. So they found it, it was better to sort of focus on things that they could they couldn't really buy cheaper. But I would love to have anything organic, sort of living. Uh, especially on the roof of the car, <laughs> sure. but maybe maybe later on. And uh, I haven't given up the plan. I like the thing you see on like YouTube with uh, this robotic uh, watering the plants and just taking care of everything. And all you do is like put your head up and take a few carrots or something. <laughs> I would love that. Yes, perhaps when you get to Europe, you could do that in Spain or something. So tell me about yeah, where exactly where you're hoping to go next. Um, the plan later on is to, to sort of catch spring here. Uh, we lived in Spain for a couple of years, and uh, I mean it was great all year round. But the houses weren't really built for for the winter. It was great during the days, but for maybe April it's lovely down there. So our plan is just to go now to um, to Switzerland and Austria, and maybe catch some more skiing uh, with the Alps, and just 
all these amazing views, landscapes, and then continue as far south possible down to Portugal and Spain, French Riviera, all these small wine. Italy. Yeah, <laughs> Toscana. Lily want to go to Croatia for the swimming and hopefully uh, during that time it's uh, it's more or less summertime down there and then we'll just slowly turn back home and take the summer here in, in Sweden the last couple of months and that's that's uh, sort of the rough plan I don't know if you know about England and the Great Britain the islands over there it's here in Sweden you sort of laugh regarding their climate with the constant rain all year round and Emma just for a couple of weeks ago she she sort of couldn't we go to England for a for a, uh, yeah that would be great but um, we'll we'll see it's uh, for us Europe is sort of big with you have these if you don't drive for more than maybe two three hours maximum uh, and we don't want to spend uh, all time driving around we rather stay for a couple of days on every you know, on every place yeah absolutely there's there's cer- definitely certain ways to travel and i think with kids that's how you save your sanity is by agreeing to just be somewhere for a few days and and then take your long travel days but absolutely in yeah, europe exactly, exactly. yeah that, that's probably uh, you find a balance like if you stay for three days you can have day four you can drive for long and maybe then day five is, is a very quick one and i mean it's probably going to be easier when you find sites we were desperate to find electricity and during, during the last two weeks due to the cold and and even if like we did find electricity on the homepage. We're like, yeah, we're open uh, all year round. You get all the electricity you want. Then you show up and there's nobody there, and you you can't find any electricity. And then you have like thirty miles to the next place, mm. which most likely is close as well. Yeah, that's extreme. <laughs> but on the other hand, we had one night just for just an example where with this extreme cold, and but then uh, we just woke the kids up and like. Put all the clothes available for the wardrobe. I mean, they slept all four in the yeah, and all the four, four of us were sleeping on the in the balcony overhead. Uh, yeah, the bed on, on the top. Hey, and the kids loved it. They were like, "Yeah, please can we can we do this again?" <laughs> you know, we, we were more like, "Jesus Christ, we survived this night." <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, going s- south, uh, it's, I mean, we're we're not. Uh, we might find uh, find it hard with water and. Um, cope with the uh, it's a different kind of cuisine food yeah. uh, i mean up here you take water for whatever strange places you, you fill the water at the gas station and, and you know it's safe but uh, i mean especially with Lube, he's, uh, he's he's been sort of protected from all kinds of stuff he's going to be ahead of my vaccine yeah he will have a vaccine oh i don't know what it's called the missiles maybe oh measles yeah yeah uh they have this super huge, large uh, um, cases with these in Europe. So he has to get a shot before we go. Right. To be protected from that. Do you, do you have? Do you, I mean, you take whatever water is available, or do you, do you have to we, think about? We have been. Um, I would like to put a filtration system in here, but I need to undermount the water tanks. And so it's a little bit of a larger job. And then when you get to a freezing environment like you're in, you know, then you need to have heated tanks, which, you know, yeah. just some further consideration. And so everything, our van was very DIY and we had a, we had, we've done very well and it works. But the water system 
could be better right now. Yeah, I, I mean, it, the problem is you don't really know before it's too late, like all the strange things growing in the tank. Yeah. We, 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 I mean, the tank, we, the freshwater tank, we need to sort of, it's not like Ikea, you can't just unscrew and you, you get access to it. It's really well hidden. Yeah. Extremely well hidden. And it's it's not intended to be living in a, in a van for eight months in a row. You're supposed to be out for two weeks and then you put it on a service, uh, like a van service for a month. Yeah. And then you store it for a year. <laughs> Hopefully we don't tend to have any issues with it. But that could be one thing that's going to yeah. be an issue with the heat down in Spain. I mean, it's going to be like 60 degrees warmer. And all of a sudden you have a different kind of issues. <laughs> I guess like an engine boiling and stuff like that. So no propane problems. But, no. but other stuff. But are, are you um, now in Florida? You I don't know uh, temperature wise. I mean, it's, cold water is that an issue? Like to keep the water cold or else the temperature now it should be fine. It's it's uh, I mean during the summertime. Oh yeah. Um, and the same. I mean, the only issue here would be it would get too warm, but that's, yeah. I mean, that's just life and living in a van, warm water. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's about 25 degrees Celsius and, you know, sunny and muggy, and we'll be heading out to the Florida Keys next week, which is kind of into the Caribbean, so a very different... Yeah. But down there, it comes with its own challenges. Camping's very difficult, and uh, you know, free camping is impossible. The campgrounds are very expensive. Um, but we're looking, we're looking forward to it. We just booked a trip out to a national park, which is seventy miles offshore from the most southern tip of the U.S. Oh yeah. So we're gonna going to do a photo trip out there, and um, yeah, really looking forward to that. Yeah. Wow. Can imagine. But, not at all jealous. Yeah. No, hey, but like uh, Richard, that goes... Google that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we can trade places because I was a snowboarder for a long time. And so, I, yeah, I did chase snow all around the world. and But I gave it up for this trip. Like I was saying, I, d- I didn't want to do it. We do have ski gear. We have a Thule box that's full, but not until the spring we'll be using that. Oh, yeah, okay. The place where we're staying at now, it's... Uh... I mean, we're not bringing any equipment, but we uh, we did rent skis, both both for a slalom and whatever right. that's called, right. cross country. But I was quite happy because you could also like change your stuff for uh, for a snowboard. So I did for two days, and I uh, right now I'm just happy to be alive. Yeah, how's your body feel? I'm a bit uh, <laughs> sort of. I I could uh, easily. Stay in the van tomorrow. It's uh, it's been a hard learning, but it was also great because uh, Lily, she, she, um, three days ago, she uh, I was telling her how to ski, and now she's like, Dad, you know there maybe there is a snowboard school you can try out. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, I mean, it's also learning by doing. But I now I I go where I aim, and I managed to get up in the lift systems and everything that. So. I'm going to leave the, the snowboard for the skis tomorrow <laughs> yeah. and just leave it like, it's a great memory, but maybe next year. All right. Well, I'm sure you're uh, getting close, well, well beyond Luva's bedtime, but is there anything else that you guys feel like you wanted to share or, you know, I guess what, what do you hope people take away from your trip? I know, Emma, you mentioned you're kind of trying to get people to be inspired to do something different with their lives. Is that something you hope to achieve by sharing your story from the road? Yeah, I guess the main is that 
take a look at your life, uh, listen to your dreams, listen to your heart, and do follow your dreams. Not everyone is, is dreaming about living in a van, but... We wouldn't recommend it to anybody. <laughs> no. Really. No, you have to be a very special family to live yes. in a van. Yeah, it's brutal. It's brutal. But it's <laughs> yeah. great. Yeah, but I guess the main takeaway we hope that people get from this is that, like, following your own dreams and listen to your heart and do... Like, I'm a jo- uh, yoga instructor, too, and um, I tend to be, like, a personal coach to all my friends. But I try to tell them, as I hope to tell everyone out there, too, that that you have to do what your heart longs for. You have to, to live your life now and not when you are, like, 17 years old uh, waiting for your pension to, to give you money or, like, live your life now. You never know what, what's going to happen tomorrow or... Just don't stay home in your comfortable little box of, of happiness. Like, go chase your dreams. That's perfect. Fantastic. Thank you very much, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Have a really good day. Yeah. Hey, is it? Yes. <laughs> yes, we will. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Ciao. Thanks so much to Emma and Richard for giving us a glimpse into their life. You can see some more of their photos over at Emma's Instagram page at a dream worth chasing. As always, if you like what you hear, please consider leaving us a review or a rating over at Apple Podcasts. This is our last episode in English for Families on the Road. Next week, you'll hear from Sophie, and she'll be interviewing Familia Sin Fronteras, a family from Argentina and Chile who are traveling right now north on the Pan American Highway with the hope to make it all the way to Alaska. So definitely tune in for that if you can speak Spanish. If you can't, well, you're out of luck. And this is our final episode in the interview-based format. So Rewilding Parenthood will be back with a new format coming out in May of 2020. We're super excited about that, and it will really be diving in to Sophie and my story um, as it unfolds before us. So we'll be doing weekly updates and diving into topics that we want to share from the road. So let us know. Definitely come back for that and let us know what you think about it. And we will certainly continue to interview other inspirational families as we meet them from the road. And we've really enjoyed this format, but we're excited to offer something new and share something a little bit more close to heart with you all. Rewilding Parenthood has sound and editing by Mercedes Riva, and the music is by Tomas Tyrell. Thanks again for tuning in. Check us out at Afuera Vida on Instagram or on our website, and look forward to coming back to you in the next couple weeks with a new show. Adios.